seriously popular. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome. We are back again. Yet another It's All Kicking Off Transfer Week mini podcast is with you. The January transfer window closes tonight at 11pm. So anybody who wants to make the deal that can transform their season needs to get a move on. During the course of this little show, we will update you on all the deals that are currently being thrashed out across the Premier League and beyond. Those that are standing up and indeed those that are falling down. We will also talk to Mail Sports Chief Football Reporter Sammy Mockbell, Between them, Sammy and our other transfer guru, Simon Jones, pretty much have this scene wrapped up. It's not easy breaking transfer stories, but Sammy and Simon have the contacts, they have the phone numbers and they have the knack. So stick close to those two, follow them on socials or indeed look out for their tips, rumours and stories on Mail Online's rolling transfer blog, which will be running all afternoon and into the evening. Now, there is some big transfer news today, but even Sammy didn't get this one. Lewis Hamilton is leaving Mercedes to join Ferrari ahead of the next F1 season. And that's a little bit like Mo Salah leaving Liverpool from Manchester City. Now, it's been quieter across the football landscape, unusually quiet this January. Only £70 million spent in the January window in the Premier League so far. This time last year, that figure stood at more than £815 million. Even Chelsea haven't been spending, and that is the first port of call for myself and Sammy Mockbell. Sammy, Chelsea spent a load of money last year. They spent a load of money the year before. They've got a new manager, who you and I both have high regard for, Mauricio Pochettino. But they're bombing. They bombed at Liverpool last night, got beat 4-1. Pochettino said he needed help in the market a couple of months ago. He hasn't got it. They're going to have to go forward with what they've got. What's the state of play at Stamford Bridge right now? They're in a state of flux in. Mauricio Pochettino came in there in the summer. Didn't have any say or very little say uh, with regards to recruitment and who they were signing. Uh, and I think we've seen evidence of of that in his team selections. He's He's... Chopped and changed a lot. He's tried different things just because he's simply not happy with the squad that he's got. Not that probably isn't the right expression. He doesn't the, the, the squad that he has doesn't fit the mould of the team that he wants to build. Now it's important to stress for Mauricio Pochettino. He, he simply isn't the kind of manager who will go into the boardroom and start 
waving his arms around and demanding X player, X player, and X player. He will make recommendations, uh, and you know he's he's he will make strong recommendations, but he effectively isn't one to to throw his toys out of the pram. But I think this, so he went into this January wanting a left back, a, potentially a goalkeeper, but definitely a centre forward. He's not got any of those. So, you know, yeah, last night at Anfield wasn't pleasant viewing. And they have spent a lot of money and there are good players there. But there is a, uh, there is, I do hold some sympathy with, with, with Marissa Pochettino because, you know, he's just had, no, in terms of recruitment, He's just not been able to, to to influence that squad and that team in the way he he feels it needs influencing. I do so, do sometimes wonder whether these managers ask proper questions when they take jobs because you know anybody probably could have told Mauricio that that squad of players wasn't a Pochettino squad in terms of its style, its balance, its athleticism, etc. It does baffle me sometimes. It was a little bit like when Antonio Conte arrived at Tottenham and then was surprised there was no money to spend when he got there, but. Moving forward, the only talk around Chelsea in this window has been players going out. Conor Gallagher been linked with uh, with uh, Tottenham. Uh, Trevor Chalabar, we think, might go in the summer. Um, um, uh, Armando Brozan, who who may or may not leave on loan. Going forward with Pochettino, what worries me a little bit ahead of the summer is that how long he will put up with this, how long will they put up with him? Because despite the fact this isn't a Pochettino squad, they're not playing. They, they look like they don't look like they're coached. They look like they're drifting. And as you and I know, drift is not something that is allowed to go on very long in that part of West London. So what happens? What happens in the summer? That's a short, long way of asking a simple question. They will get to the end of the season. They will have a conversation. I think the biggest factor will be have they qualified for European football? Because there's a, there, there are a lot of. Uh, there are a lot of uh, obviously advantages that come with that. They're financial, but there's also the prestige. You know, Chelsea are a club who have, have won the Champions League twice. For them not to be playing in Europe, in Europe two seasons on the bounce is, for the want of a better you know word, is, is embarrassing for them. But there's still a long way to go for, you know, for that. There's still almost half of the season to go. They've got a, they've got a, a cup final coming up, uh, albeit against Liverpool. So that, that's a tough game. So there's still ways that they can make this season a success. But um, information and experience tells me that there is there is a tough decision and there is a tough uh, conversation to be had. I think if Mauricio Pochettino wasn't called Mauricio Pochettino, if, for example, he was called Graham Potter, I think he'd have been sacked by now. And I don't say that he should have been sacked, but just given Chelsea's history, I think he would have been. I think it's his name that's saving him at the moment. Very. If you can answer this yes or no, if you can. If... Are you telling me that if Chelsea don't qualify for Europe, and when you say Europe, you mean Europa League, Europa Conference League, if they don't get a European finish, is Pochettino in danger? Yeah, I think it's tough. I think it's tough for him to um, to, to, to remain in charge if um, if they don't qualify for Europe. At the very least, there will be they will station in the summer, and I know that European football and qualification for European football. Is um, is one of the considerations going into those going into those discussions? That's absolutely absolutely fascinating. Now, for those of you who are listening on Spotify, we're going to run a little poll this afternoon and across tomorrow. Um, go there, vote. The very simple question: Does Pochettino stay or does he go at Chelsea this summer? Listening on Spotify, go to the show notes and you'll find it. Now, 
before we go into um, uh, some of the deals that are happening today as we speak, and Sammy is across uh, most of these, if not all of them, I just want to read something out from the back of today's Times, which is a story there about, it tells us that Premier League football clubs owe a total of £2 billion in transfer fees. What that means is transfer deals that have uh, taken place over the last three or four years where payments have been spread over the course of a contract are now catching up with some of our big football clubs. Take this, for example. In 2013, 11 years ago, Manchester United's outstanding transfer debt, i.e. money they owed on previous deals, was £34 million. Today, that is £364 million. And we're led to believe by this piece in The Times, which has been informed by Kieran Maguire, the well-known football finance expert, we are led to believe that Chelsea, Arsenal, Tottenham are expected to be confirmed as owing more than £200 million each for transfers when their annual accounts for last season are published. So that maybe tells us, again, it informs us a little bit as to why nobody's spending in this window. It is because of financial fair play and it might be because so much of them owe money from previous deals. Now, that doesn't mean that nothing's happening. Um, Sammy's been busy this morning I'm just, and so have our staff um, around the country working for male sport. There's a few bits and pieces coming in here. I'm going to whip through them. Sammy himself has reported today that Chelsea have moved the goalposts on striker Armando Brohan. Even a five, but even a £5 million loan fee isn't tempting Fulham or Wolves at the moment. Chelsea were busy looking for a promise of £50 million in the summer for their reserve striker. He's only made eight Premier League, Premier League starts for Chelsea. It's a lot of money. According to Matt Hughes, our chief sports reporter, Fulham are now talking to PSG about the French striker Hugo Akitike. We'll see what happens there. Craig Hope in the northeast tells me Newcastle are not in the market for a striker, despite fears over Alexander Isaac's injury. As it stands, Anthony Gordon may have to play up front against Luton on Saturday. Tom Colomossi in the Midlands is monitoring events at Nottingham Forest. They're always busy. They're looking for a goalkeeper. Um, and after seeing Matt Turner play against Arsenal on Tuesday at the City Ground, I am not surprised. Sammy has already told us this morning that Crystal Palace's England squad keeper Sam Johnston is under consideration, as is the Belgian Mats Sels from Strasbourg. Sammy, waving madly at me at the start of this podcast, has just had a text to tell him that Sels, the Belgian player, is more likely now to be joining Forrest as their goalkeeper rather than Sam Johnston. Heading out of the city ground would appear to be Captain Joe Wall. Leeds are keen on a loan. Forrest wants it to be permanent. Fullback Serge Aurier, once of Tottenham, may well end up leaving Forrest for Turkey. Simon Jones has messaged to say Bournemouth are trying to take the striker NS Unal on loan from Getafe. That may lead to the, depart- to the departure of Kiefer Moore. And finally, Sammy Mottbell again with a tip that Burnley are waiting to see if the Belgium defender Thomas Munier will agree to join from Borussia Dortmund. Burnley boss Vincent Company also has Rennes right back, Lorenz Assignon, in his sights. And one thing I can't help myself but mention is there is talk this morning of a manager on the move. Would you believe it? The seven times retired Neil Warnock is being linked with the vacant position at Aberdeen. And before we move out of that, I just feel that I should point out that Neil Warnock lives in Cornwall. 
That's a heck of a commute. Sammy, um, you listened to all that. You knew all that already. Anything else that you anything else that you're hearing before we move on? Talk a little bit about Man United and what Eric and Haag wants to do going forward. Just quickly on that sales, um, I understand now that that deal been agreed. He will be winging his way uh, to Nottingham today for a medical. So highly likely now that that deal will will, will get done. Well, there you go. You hear, you, hear, you hear it here first. But remember, follow Sammy on social media because he posts all his um, posts all his transfer tips on there, and also go to Man Online for our rolling transfer blog, which will be going um, which will be going all day. I think I make that Forest's forty sixth transfer over three windows. Got a lot of heat on social media yesterday, um, uh, myself and Mike Keegan, for suggesting that forest spending has been less than judicious over the last uh, few windows. But there we go. Um, people are very sensitive at this time of year. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Now, Sammy, let's talk about Man United quickly. We know they're not doing any business this window. Again, they're, um, they've got their own financial ceiling to, to consider. But I think you have a bit of an inside track about what Eric Ten Hag, the manager, might want to do going forward in the window in terms of a centre-forward. They wanted an experienced centre-forward. It almost acted as a, as a foil and a, uh, almost as a mentor. Erasmus Hoyland, who is who has who is undoubtedly, in my opinion, a really talented boy, and I think he's got all the attributes to be a top a top Premier League centre forward. But the, the problem he's got there, or one of the problems that Hoyland's got there, that, that he, he's he's got not really no one to learn off. You know, um, Antonio um, Anthony Marshall's been there. He's cl- he clocked off a long time ago. He'll be leaving the club in the summer. Ahead of the transfer window, Eric Ten Hag wanted uh, an experienced centre forward, not to necessarily go in in place of Hoyland uh, in that number nine position, but just want to help him along and, you know, to help him on the training ground, uh, you know, to learn off. It's really interesting. That. And the first thing I would say is that whoever plays at front for Manchester United, it would help if uh, the two wide players, whether it be uh, Anthony and Garnaccio would occasionally pass to them. That would help for a start. It doesn't matter who's playing up front. If no one passes the ball to you, you're screwed, aren't you? But also, more seriously, um, that's that kind of desire for a backup centre forward or a mentor centre forward reminds me a little bit back in the day when Tottenham spent all those summers trying to get a backup 
centre forward for Harry Kane, not a mentor for Kane, but a, a backup. But the problem with signing that type of player is that you're basically saying to someone, come to the club, but you're not going to play that often because we only play one up front. And that's, even if it's Man United, I know they managed to get Val Vegos team on loan last uh, January to, to kind of be a backup striker. But even at Man United, to, to that's a hard sell. Come to our club, largely to help some to help somebody else. That's difficult to get a player of quality who's going to come to do that. You can attract players, but they're never going to be of the quality that you that you want because any players with any kind of quality will believe that they should be playing first first team football. Uh, and you're not going to do that with a Harry Kane and you're not going to do that at Manchester United with Erasmus Hoyleman and I've just spent 70 million quid on trying to get, you know, getting him over the line and getting him through the door. I mean, trying to attract that kind of play, I'm just thinking about it, is kind of like asking me to kind of come to a, a cup final at Wembley and, and, ca- and carry your bag, which to, which to be fair, given the way that your career is going and the way that mine's going, then I think that might not be too long before that actually happens. Um, but um, anyway, you are close to, I know that you, you, you know someone associated with Ten Hag and Ten Hag's people. Um, is there any worry in the back of Ten Hag's mind? We've talked about a conversation that Pochettino will have to have with Chelsea this summer. Is Eric Ten Hag anticipating a meeting with Jim Ratcliffe and Dale, Dave Brailsford and the new people from Ineos at Old Trafford in the summer? Yeah, that conversation's coming. It will be a tough conversation and would not be surprised, wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if it was a conversation that ended up being, uh, thanks for your time, Eric Ten Hag, uh, but here's the door. Um, because invariably, with new ownership and new uh, new uh, boards and new structures, they will want to appoint their their own people. Particularly when the team is not performing on a weekly basis, there there is a ready made excuse for them to say, you know, we appreciate the work you've done, but we want to go in a different direction. And here's the body of evidence as to why we want to do that. Because, you, you know, you're, you're languishing in seventh or eighth in the table. You crashed out of the Champions League, at the, you know, in, in, in the group stages. And the performances this season just haven't merited you staying on. Um, obviously, there's time to change that for Eric Ten Hag. And they, they can make a surge up the table and maybe crash, gate crash top four. And maybe that will be enough to, 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 to save him from from that conversation, but the way things are going and the way the season has gone at the moment, um, I think that conversation will be had with Jim Ratcliffe and Sir Dale, Dale Brailsford at the end of the season and it would not surprise me if that conversation ended up being, um, yeah, thanks for your time, but we're, we're going to head in a different direction. So there you go. There is a reason why we have people like Sammy on this show. The reason that Sammy is held in such high esteem in this industry is for information like that. So you've heard on this podcast in the last 15 minutes that um, not just one, but two Premier League managers are heading for difficult conversations with their owners this summer. Mauricio Pochettino at Chelsea, Eric Ten Hag at Manchester United. Now on yesterday's edition of It's All Kicking Off Transfer Week, our um, 
Chief Sports Correspondent Mike Keegan told me that Jose Mourinho fancies a Man United job. Now, I don't think neither Mike or myself or indeed Sammy think that Jose's got to get that job. I think when it does go, it'll probably go to someone younger and fresher with a bit more of a long-term approach. However, that story did set the hairs running yesterday. It was picked up by quite a few other organisations and it got a bit of a chat going on social media. A couple of comments here. This was from at Football Fanatics on Twitter. I'm rolling out the red carpet outside Old Trafford. If this happens, was Ellie Brio 5 says Jose should retire instead or manage a national team. I think I'm in the latter camp when it comes to that one. Now, Sammy, before we have a little bit of fun and then let you go off and, um, and earn your living in the way that only you know how, um, just tell me, is this the quietest window that you've you've ever known in the dozen or so years that you've been at this? Yeah, it's one of the quietest for sure. Um, but I, I expected it to be the case. Um, what you do in, in December as a journalist, apart from eating and drinking loads, is you kind of weigh up what might be coming in in January and what you need to keep your eye on and what you need to be across. All of all of those conversations I had in in uh, December were, with you know, from clubs and sporting directors and agents. Um, we're looking to you know we're we're looking to do loans. We don't really we want to keep our powder dry for the summer. There are a number of reasons for that. Um, so I went into the window expecting a quiet one and it, and it certainly panned out that way. You know, we're heading into the final hours now and we're still waiting for, for one, for one deal to sort of really blow us away. I just, and I just don't think we're going to get it. Most, most, uh, expert transfer, this, that's a really bad way of putting it. Journalists who are very good at breaking transfer stories. That's what I'm trying to say. Always have two phones. Have you got two phones? I've got two phones, yeah. You've got two phones, haven't you? I've never had two phones. Maybe that says a maybe that says a lot about me. Um now what um do you enjoy do you enjoy this? Do you enjoy it because of what you can produce and the kudos that comes with breaking a big story? Or does the stress and the worry about missing out on one and someone else breaking one ahead of you, does that uh, does that overshadow the potential for enjoying it? Yeah, I, I think that, that that's pretty that's pretty accurate, and I think that there is a constant fear that you uh, you aren't across a story or a transfer that you really should be. Um, but with time, you learn to you learn to live with that, and you learn to enjoy the or, or to focus on the deals that you know you can you can reach through your through your contacts and and, and the people that you know. But yeah, there, there is, you know, transfer windows are, all, are constantly uh, looking over your shoulder, thinking, "Oh no, what has this guy got? You know, what is, you know, what have, what have our rivals got? Oh no, have I got this one wrong?" Um, because that's the thing with transfers, you know, you know, in, information that you believe to be accurate and you know to be accurate one minute would have been would have completely changed in the next hour because another club has come in and come in with a better deal and you know your story and your story looks wrong or your information looks wrong and that and, and and that is always sort of the dangers with with uh with transfers but you know that in modern day kind of in the foot within the football community and and within the within the fan base it's such a it's such an emotive it's such an emotive uh subject you know i think some supporters prefer would prefer their their their, their clubs to to be signing big players and high profile players and actually doing well on the pitch they they take it you know they take it that seriously, um, so to be part of that 
that whole um, that whole circus, for the want of a better expression, is is is, is exciting. But there are there are certainly fears that come with that as well. Well, mate, I've known you for a long time, and I think I can probably remember the number of times that you've been left with egg on your face. I could probably count them on the fingers of one hand. That's that's for sure. And obviously, every time it does happen, I'm quick to remind you. Just one question: If you've got two phones, what happens if they both ring at the same time? If you're on one phone, and for example, there is a sporting director, yeah, on an, on a, on the other phone calling at the same time, I'll I'll call you back later, mate. Right. We're getting off the getting off the trajectory here. Let's finish. We've been playing this game all week. We played it with Craig Hope. We played it with uh, Mike Keegan. We're going to play it with you, Sammy. The, you're the best three January transfer deals that you can remember from your years covering and watching football. Number three for me would be uh, Gary Cahill, and purely because of the impact that he had during some some of the most prolific years of winning trophies uh that Chelsea uh, at Chelsea he was such a he was such a stalwart of their of their um of their defense for years that would have been Bolton to Chelsea yeah it? Bolton yeah, yeah. Bolton, Chelsea. Was, yeah. I think it yeah. was seven million pounds Ian so yeah. that yeah. is one of the bargains and one of the deals best deals ever let alone in a you know in a, in a January window um the next one number two I'm going to go another centre-back uh, Nemanja Vidic um, that partnership with Rio Ferdinand wow you know he, he, um, the backbone of of the latter years of um, Sir, Sir, Alex, Sir Alex Ferguson's reign at Man United what a player uh, I remember I remember sort of watching a podcast uh, with Vidic and he said when he, when he first arrived at, at United he said that he, he, the first trading session he just didn't think he would fit in he didn't think he was good enough what a brilliant defender I remember that one. I was covering my United at the time and that one just came absolutely out of nowhere. Christmas 2006, I think that was. I think from Sporting Mo- Sports, Spartak Moscow, I think. Um, number one. Luis Suarez. For all his faults, and he's, they're, they're, he's had a few, um, in terms of entertainment on the pitch, he's one of the, he's one of the Premier League's greatest strikers, you know. All sorts of goals, left foot, right foot, you know, spectacular goals, tap-ins, headers. Um, he's brilliant. And, and particularly in that, that you know, that, that season that um, Liverpool went really close to the title. What You know, that, that partnership, with it was him, um, Sterling and Sturridge, wasn't it? Um, it was frightening, absolutely frightening. And OK, he may, he, may have, he may not have stayed in the Premier League for as long as we would have liked. We went to Barcelona. Um, but for the time that he was here, I, 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 you know, he's one of the he's one of the best forward players that the Premier League has ever seen. And for me, he's, you know, Luis Suarez is number one. It's a great shout! I said on this pod yesterday to Mike Keegan that I think because of what Mo Salah's done at Liverpool, Suarez's legacy has actually been forgotten a little bit. Magnificent player in my top five strikers ever to have played for the for. Um, the club actually um now i've just had uh, before we do finish um just had a message from lewis Steele, our merseyside reporter who says to me sheffield united to sign mason holgate from everton on loan until the end of the season that one should be done in the next hour or two i think that would be a decent signing for chris wilder at sheffield united may come too late but you never know um too late to save them i mean um 
if you've got a view on your top three players, um, or indeed your worst players ever to be signed by a club in, in January, please let us know. Best way to do that, uh, if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, is to go to the section where you're invited to leave reviews and comments and put them there, and we'll get to them. That's where our two polls are running at the moment. There's today's poll on Spotify, which is whether Pochettino should stay or go at Chelsea next summer. And there's also a, a poll from Chris, the podcast that Chris Sutton and I did this morning, our usual Thursday preview show podcast where we wanted to know who you think came out the best out of last night's spat in North London between James Madison and Neil Mopai. Um, Check those out. Now, finally, before we go, um, Sammy, I'm going to remind you of one really bad transfer. That's my job this week. Another one that I I picked off the internet this morning, Fernando Torres from Liverpool to Chelsea, 2014, £50 million. That was a lot of money spent for not very much. Now, finally, mate, if you were, put yourself in the shoes of a sporting director or a manager, and if you could, money wasn't an object, FFP didn't count. If you could buy any player for any Premier League club this window in the few hours that's left, who would it be? I would... Um, if I was at Arsenal, I'd go and buy Ivan Tony. I think Ivan Tony would win them the league or give them a far better chance of winning the league. Um, I think Gabriel Jesus is a fantastic player, but um, they need an upgrade. And um, Tony's the one I think that they will um, they will go for in the summer. Uh, but I, I, if if they had the finances to do so, they should have accelerated that. But I think that would have given them a really good opportunity of winning the title of the season. It's interesting because you say Tony for Arsenal. Craig Hope, when I asked him the same question, said Alexander Isak for Arsenal. And the two of you will have the chance to argue that one out tomorrow morning. Because tomorrow morning, when the transfer window is closed and we can have take a breath, you can put both your phones away for a couple of hours, get some sleep, and then we can talk tomorrow morning about what's happened, what hasn't happened, what might happen going forward, what the rest of Premier League season has to has in store for us. I'll be here. Sammy, you'll be here. Craig Hope will be here. That show's going to be recorded tomorrow morning. It'll be out later in the day. So remember to be with us for that one. And that's it. That's the latest of our It's All Kicking Off Transfer Week shows. Thanks for being with us. Remember, wherever it is you get your podcast from, please go there and leave a review. And please remember to subscribe because it means that all these shows will just pop up on your device every morning. You don't have to go looking for them. Sammy, thanks for being with us, mate. Thanks for all your insight. Thanks for your knowledge. Thanks for your expertise. Thanks for your patience. Not all of my jokes are funny. I understand that. I'll see you in the morning, mate, for the next edition of It's All Kicking Off Transfer. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 